Hello, it's Josephine Langcuber here, your performing arts business strategist, speaker and coach. Today, I am joined by the amazing Belinda Agostino, who is the Chief Creative Officer of Ready, Set, Dance. She was also the co-owner of a popular Sydney dance school called All Stars Performing Arts in Peakhurst, New South Wales, with over 800 students, which is absolutely amazing. And we're going to talk about that experience as well and how she grew that business, that studio business, to 800 plus students. We're going to be talking about brand loyalty. So this is a good one, guys. So strap in because there's a lot of golden nuggets here from Belinda, which I think you're going to really enjoy. Belinda has a degree in marketing and a professional resume as an international singer-songwriter. She is also one of the directors of Ready, Set, Dance, which is a much-loved international preschool dance license program, television show, and brand that also can be found on networks such as Nickelodeon Junior. Now, this is a licensed program as well, everyone. She's going to talk about that, and they service currently over 400 studio owners across the globe, which is really exciting. Along with Belinda's Ready, Set, Dance team, Belinda has won many awards, including Osman Printer of the Year title in 2020. They were, you know, nominees for Best National Activity for Preschoolers in What's On For Kids Awards in 2021. And just this month, were finalists in the Women's Small Business Champions Awards. So, wowie. (laughs) There's a lot of accolades there. Um, But beyond accolades, you know, she's passionate. She's filled with purpose. We talk about that. I'm I'm just so excited for for you guys to listen to this one. So Ready, Set, Dance officially, officially launched globally in 2022. So they now service dance studios in the US, Canada, and the UK, which aligns with the company vision to get the world moving one preschooler at a time. How beautiful is that? All right, without further ado, let's kick it off with today's episode with Belinda Agostino. Hey there, I'm Josephine Lancuba and you're listening to Business Arts and All That Jazz. I've been immersed in the creative business world and performing arts industry for over 20 years. I know from experience that being an artist, a creative or running a creative business can be a tough gig but I'm here to tell you it's possible. I went from having zero dollars to my name and living below the poverty line, to then living paycheck to paycheck, to finally living a life of comfort, happiness, passion, and even stability. In this podcast, I peel back the curtain and share with you the ups and downs of my journey. Plus, I tap into the minds of creative industry experts to discover their paths to success. I know you have a spark inside of you, that little voice that tells you to reach for the stars. I want to help you step into your limelight to have the courage to live a life you dream of, a life that you design. So get ready to be entertained and inspired as we talk business, arts, and all that jazz. Before we kick into the show, I just want to let you know that the doors to my online course, Talent Manager Bootcamp, are about to open this January. Talent Manager Bootcamp is designed for studio owners to go from studio owner to talent manager in eight weeks. And you will learn how to represent your students and provide them with opportunities in film, television, commercial, theatre and more. So if you want to increase your income, your student retention and your industry credibility, then Talent Manager Bootcamp is for you. 
Doors are only open for a few days, so don't miss out. Jump on the waitlist today. That's josephinelancuba.com forward slash TMB. The link is in the show notes. Now, into the show. Welcome, Belinda Agostino, to the show. Thank you so much for being here today. You're welcome. I'm very excited to be yeah, here. Yeah, and I just wanted to congratulate you. I saw on Instagram, actually, that you were recently, uh, with your team, of course, a finalist in the Women's Small Business Champion Awards. So well yes, done. That's right. There were over a thousand um, entrepreneurs and their families and friends at the awards. So it was a a wonderful night. Um, we had some great entertainment too of um, our dancers and two of them were actually my ex-graduates too, Lauren Seymour and Felicia Staff. So it was lovely to be sitting there enjoying the awards and then watching um, you know, two of my ex-students on stage too. With, um, is that Karen Lauren is in So You Think You Can Dance? That's the one, Lauren Yay. Seymour, So You Think How You Can exciting. Dance. And she was performing <laughs> along with Felicia Staff um, and Sophie Holloway. They were performing um, with Carolyn O'Connor. So it was a really, really full circle moment for me. <laughs> oh, that is so amazing. And I love Caroline O'Connor. Oh, that's just a bit it of fandom there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a musical theatre nerd through and through, so that's just like, wow, awesome. Now, um, in the intro, I've talked about your achievements and, and what your team has done, but not only do you run, well, have you run a successful studio business, but you're also part of the phenomenon Ready, Set, Dance. We're going to talk about all of that today, which I'm really excited about. But before we kick off, I guess I think people would really love to know, how did your dance and arts business journey start? Like, Where did it actually all, all stem from? It all began way back when I was a very, very shy little girl and mum needed to get me out of my shell apparently and she put me into dance and I absolutely fell in love with um, singing and dancing. I got into, um, you know, doing live performances for Disney um, at a very young age and that kind of then propelled me to um, in, into the singer-songwriter realm as well. So I, um, as an early teenager, I was writing songs and recording my songs and I just fell in love with dance and music like completely. So from, from there, I did go to uni and I studied music, I studied marketing and advertising. Again, it was in the, in that really creative realm. And that made me want to kind of tie the two together when I had the opportunity to, uh, open up my studio with my sister. So from there, that's where we decided to build the dream studio, we call it, of um, called currently All Stars Performing Arts Studio and it's located in Peakhurst. That um, was something that we we developed over 20 years. We learnt many lessons over the over those 20 years. Yeah, I've been over two decades for sure. Trial and testing and, um, you know, really though mostly flowing through our passion for impacting our, our young local uh, community through dance. So we became really involved also in the community and making that um our mission to have them experience 
everything that I had experienced too as a child um, and how I fell in love with um, with dance. And not that it became something that I made into a like a, a dance career. I didn't become a dancer as such. I um, was always quite entrepreneurial um, growing up, but just flowed through my passion of dance in that sense with the studio. So yeah. yeah, and exactly. you built that studio up to over 800 students, isn't that right? Yeah, it was over 800 and um, a large part of them too were um, our preschoolers, a big recreational stream and also our competitive stream. So we had, I'd call it the three avatars in our studio and equally were um, very important to us. They served um, our you know, different clients in our, in our local community and they um, you know, provided different things for different um, students. So we were really passionate about um, really looking after each of those streams in our studio. Yeah. Now, this financial year, you did decide to sell your studio so that you could focus on Ready Set Dance. What was the what was the nudge there? What was the calling for that? The calling to uh, sell the studio probably started happening during COVID. We felt like a bigger uh, tug to reach more. So do more. We wanted to be able to focus and impact more children. So in order to do that, it was important that A, we found the right buyers for our studio who were aligned with our values, who would look after our incredible clientele and also, um, you know, work on ready, set, dance in areas that would be able to take uh, our curriculum further into the world and we uh, um, have started to do that we have stepped into the global market um, as recently as this year we've gone to America we now have over 70 uh, studios in um, the US Canada we even have one in Chile and um, Scotland and we are super excited that we are able to be able to uh, provide not only a curriculum that is really that really works in dance studios and for dance studios but it also impacts preschoolers that is our that is our big mission to just get this as far and, and wide as we possibly can yeah yeah absolutely i mean being a studio owner of you know two decades and building it to 800 students um before we even move to the the ready set dance piece because i know that's such a big piece of this conversation i would love to know how does someone grow to 800 like what what's involved in that process it, it couldn't have been overnight surely so so what does no. that look like to build i, I want I want to say that to build a world-class dance studio like All Stars, you really, you really need to look after your customers. You need to understand customer service through and through. You need to have the right people in place um, to be able to deliver that customer service, to also deliver uh, what's happening inside the studios. So training your team is essentially is essential not only in the administrative side but also as teachers um having them well equipped to deal with um you know 
the growth as well of and, and also align all your values together too you have to have everyone on the same page mm. so between customer service leading people understanding how to do that um, then amplifying your marketing message uh, really really well understanding how to do that and how to communicate to the customers how they receive the information in your local community um, I also want to say leveraging to the local community as best as you can so that um, you know you're um, you're giving, receiving and making your studio more than just a business as well. Um, and brand and, and culture, I like brand, like understanding that you you have your values and you have a brand, but how how do you implement that on an operational level um, within your culture to be able to then deliver um, in those in all those areas? So it's it's quite multifaceted. It's not just totally. about steps. It's um mm-hmm. it's about understanding um, people. I, I I'm interested in in the comment you made relating to leveraging community what exactly does that look like in a tangible it looks sense? like um giving back in many ways so we are really big in um dedicating each term having the children understand um how to give back to to the community uh, or to really um charitable events that mean something to the community as well, whether it's been a parent affected by um, um, lymphoma or um, breast cancer or child cancer, we will uh, do a, a big fundraising event every single term that will go towards that. Uh, sometimes it's about giving back to those who have suffered through the floods or, um, you know, at Christmas time, you know, working out how to do a drive. So it's different things that we do um, and we change it up and we make it relevant to, you know, what's happening within the studio year as well. Hmm. I find so, that really interesting because that's yeah. that's something that people may not consider and it's it's charitable but it actually builds community which yes. which really leads to that whole retention piece doesn't it yes it's a really important when you're building your community and when you're giving back you're giving back but you're also receiving in that um in in that cultural sense um what we found is our studio was one big family so what you start doing is you you you, you become in your community, the go-to studio, because you do those things that look after people, you know, that care about people. So when, you know, someone's asking, you know, my child is three, where do I take them to dance? They're going to say All Stars Performing Arts Studio in Peacocks, like without a doubt, because the care in the community, the understanding um, of the people, and then really making that holistic within the actual uh, day-to-day operation as well. You know, um, when a parent is asking a question, it's not, oh, my God, they didn't read their handbook. Well, it's 
What information haven't I been able to reiterate effectively to be able to pass on that information to that parent? You know, I I hear a lot um, of people complaining about, you know. Oh, my goodness, so much. I was just going to say the Facebook groups, the Facebook groups and the parents not responding to emails and this this and that. And I would like to flip that and say, well, how are you not communicating effectively? And how can you be better in getting that message across? Mm -hmm. Have you put someone at reception who is, you know, customer um, focused and going to be able to answer those without feeling like that is, you know, doom and gloom like it's actually their job to do that and to serve you know we like our big ethos was always we must serve our customers um and we serve them not because we have to it's because we want to you know their customer you want them to come back you want them mm-hmm. to enjoy the experience and the experience has to be holistic it's not just about what their child is learning in class while that is super important we want them to be learning that and you know all the structures and processes in those classrooms are in place for that child to learn and grow in dance, singing and acting, but also how is that experience affecting that parent? Are you making it hard? Are you making it easy for them? They want easy. People are bombarded with so much information on a daily. They need to literally hear something 20 times to be able to process it at the time that they're ready to process it. So if you have to repeat yourself 20 times, and that is exactly what you have to do as a business, you reiterate, you remind, you put your calendly, you put your text, you put all those things in place. And when they receive those reminders, they don't mind them. They like them. They, you know, I, I'm really a big advocate for um, serving um, and understanding um, customers' needs and also not shying away from feedback. We often um, quite regularly ask customers what they think, how they feel, did they enjoy their experience, how can we, how can we make things better next time? Yeah. And it's funny because it's also removing that, the friction from each process. I sometimes see people making it so hard to buy from them. I mean, I even was in a Facebook group. I I tend to just, I enjoy reading comments. I don't, I don't engage too much because I don't want to go down the rabbit hole of that sort of space. But, um, you know, someone mentioning in a, in a dance studio owner group recently, Oh, um, you know, we're thinking of going cashless, which I mean, everyone should be cashless by now in my mind, but we're thinking of going cashless. And some people had these interesting opinions of, oh, that's, um, an elitist attitude and you're, you're, you know, all of this weird stuff, but removing friction and making it easy. I, I even remember swimming lessons, for example, I was trying to book for my daughter. I rang one place and they said, yeah, no worries. Book a trial. Get off this phone call go to this link, type in this thing. And I went, oh, my God, I never did the thing. And then I called a different swimming school and they said, no problem, let me take your details over the phone. I'll flick your confirmation now. You're booked. And I went, great, done, you know. And so I just literally picked the swimming school that could help me easier without friction and in the moment. And that was it. It wasn't even which one was a better school at that point. I was like, this one's easier. I'm going here, you know. (laughs) I'm so passionate about that. And I think even as we um, go into our next 2023 dance season, it's important studio owners 
think about how even re-enrollment, how can you streamline re-enrollment and make that easier for your, your current clientele so that you on this side of the year actually have perhaps 80% re-enrolled. If you make it super easy, that's like goal. That's what studio owners, even if within the midst of their concert season, should um, be thinking about right now. How can I get all my amazing customers who love me to come back next year for another incredible experience, um, but make it quick, easy, and 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 now. And, you know, and make so it easy to pay. Make, yeah. make it easy to pay. I mean, even the, I won't throw anyone under the bus, but the gymnastics school we go to, we love it. But by goodness, every single term, they ask me to fill in the direct debit form every term oh. and I said can you just roll me over yes. I want to pay you but you're making oh. it annoying over registration is actually a thing it can be a thing yes. just roll them over yes. yes get your system to do it we have um an accepted payment in every single way like we didn't make it hard it's however the customer wanted to pay um and we even got to um make it really really simple with um auto pay and it was interesting because we thought that um you know some people would be quite adverse to it but we had like over 90% like 90% of our customers absolutely love it and engage with it very very quickly and the system just every term you know, would make that um, happen. So yeah. it's possible for even, um, you know, rollover registration to happen that quickly too. Yeah, I love that. What do you think is more important, retention or new student attraction to, mm. to growing and to growing a thriving studio business? Okay, so both are important, but retention is key because mm. it costs you a lot more to get a new studio in than to keep a student um a student yes um so definitely um looking after your clientele uh retaining them you know from one uh, explaining to them with transparency what their new year looks like as well I think is key um you know especially if they're moving say uh, and we do this with our ready set dance um studio owners we help them transition their preschoolers into that next mini age group so that they can understand how to best um you know have those new kindy students experience dance in a really already overwhelming year for their first time at school so mm. um you know that kind of uh ability to retain those students can be difficult but it's totally possible if you do it if you do it well and you do it um with enough time with enough communication and um with trust as well mm. i love that i love mm. that that's so important to build that that trust within your organization mm. Now, many people listening, you know, you've you've heard me do the general overview in the beginning about Ready, Set, Dance, but in your own words, what is Ready, Set, Dance? Ready, Set, Dance is a preschool curriculum. Well, it's actually more than just a preschool curriculum. Ready, Set, Dance creates and elevates preschool dance education as well as entertainment, because we're on YouTube and Nick Jr. And, and, and we elevate that so that more children worldwide can experience the magic of dance. We're super 
passionate also about helping studio owners grow their business from the feeder up through to the rest of their studio and creating those life lifelong customers that do start at that two, three-year-old um, age. And if they have the processes and um, systems in place to be able to grow that, they literally can future-proof their studio. Mm, that's so That's so interesting. Do you think that that preschool age is the key to growth? Because there's some people that don't offer preschool programs, for example. Oh, it's absolutely key. Some I'm, I'm, some parents do do preschool dance, just like they would do preschool gymnastic or preschool ice skating in the case of my own daughter, you know, where it's just a preschool activity. But if you take the 280 preschoolers that are at All Stars right now and effectively, you know, have them go through the rest of your studio, even if it's 60, 70, 80, it's usually about um, actually 78% retention from um, preschooler to mini in the first term. That is a lot of kids that you you were starting in that um, kindy year one age group for the rest of the studio. So, or what we call big school, I guess, in the the, um, rest of your studio. So I think um, it definitely also is a market that studio owners really need to think about because those preschooler parents also will buy more uh, recital concert tickets. They will spend money on um, uniform and decking their child from top to to toe in, you know, whatever the merch is that you're selling in your studio. There is definitely a massive revenue opportunity for studio owners in that preschool market, even if they decide to just do that as an activity, you know, while they're preschoolers. But what happens with everything that is um, Ready, Set, Dance is that the parents learn to trust through everything that their child is gaining in in the curriculum and in the experience and in the magic of dance. So by the time they do come to that, um, you know, five year and they are transitioning into kindergarten, they love it. They love also the community that they've that their little one has become a part of. Because really what we tell um, parents is that, and, and it's completely true, if they stay in dance, it's actually the one thing that won't change for them. Yeah. You know? With, Absolutely. It's the one thing that doesn't change. Everything else in their world is going to change. Everything. They're going to go to big school and they're going to experience all these massive changes. They're going to be tired. But dance is the one thing where they will be able to see their friends that are the same, their teachers that were the same from last year, and that connection to your studio and your community becomes absolutely um, necessary for that child's life. Yeah, I love that. And creating those lifelong memories as well, isn't it? Because that's what it's all about. Yes, we're very, very big about not only having um, those memories being created for children, but also for the entire family, in fact. Mm. So we have our daddy dancers and our mummy dancers (laughs) and (laughs) Easter and Christmas. It's all a big celebration the entire year we celebrate. (laughs) 
Yeah, 280 preschoolers would be a lot of energy there, I can see. But you know (laughs) what? I love that you mentioned, and I know this might be slightly off track, but you mentioned metrics and percentages of retention and this sort of thing. I think it's so important that studio owners, I mean, obviously most of them will start as artists, dancers, performers, and then they forget sometimes that it is a business Mm. and that business is a part of the arts industry and it's not one or the other they can be combined and and measuring measuring metrics and knowing your numbers I mean I have coaching clients and studio owner coaching clients that I teach and it amazes me sometimes they don't know how many students they have that week they don't know their retention rates And so just getting your head around the numbers so you can actually start to measure these things. Mm. We're very proud of our studio owner community here at Ready, Set, Dance because on the regular they do audits and they know their numbers. And it's really important for them to understand their growth how they're how they're building even even to the degree that they know you know what how the percentage of boys in their in their school you know and in their preschool department um we can measure we know that we've had a 25 percent increase in um, boys participation since our inception because we've been able to analyze those metrics and how cool is that number right at the end mm-hmm. of the day it you new know, numbers it's like um, you know, I, I get professional development and I have a coach and, you know, constantly I am a creative. I like to write songs and, um, you know, I'd love to develop, you know, marketing campaigns and be fully creative in the, in, um, the inception of any new idea. Trust me. However, I have to, I've had to learn to love math. It is very, very important. You have to understand your numbers. You have to understand, you know, how, um, you know, the pits and the falls and, um, you know, where, you know, you can improve um, in certain, you know, areas and um, look for different revenue opportunities to give your business little cash bursts that need it here and there so that you can create the studio of your dreams and also um, impact, you know, your your children um, and your students in your studio. So, yeah, it's definitely, it definitely works hand in hand. It's just, it's just part of, it's part of the process. And as the, as soon as you can learn to really look at the numbers and love them, then you can just do, you could just do more stuff. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Um, now you, um, speaking of numbers, just so that people understand at home what, what the reach is of Ready, Set, Dance. And, um, I would love to also know your role within the organization, I suppose, but how many studio owners are you servicing at the moment? Like how many licensed studio owners do you have and, and that sort of thing? Nearly 400 um, worldwide, yes, and that in turn is thousands of teachers that learn um, and train to be um, Ready, Set, Dance teachers, Ready, Set, Ballet teachers, and also our new program, which is the Toddler and Grown-Up program called Ready, Set, Move. So, yeah, that is um, a huge amount of obviously studio owners and teachers that um, that have our program and in that, I think there's about 25,000 preschoolers currently participating based on our audit here in Australia. We haven't quite done one in um, the US. It's a bit early to do that. We'll probably do one um, shortly. But 
at the moment we know that because the Ready Set Dance TV show is also um, on the global channel, we're technically impacting millions of preschoolers just through that channel as yeah, well. That's, so, that's phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. And I'd love to talk about that that business model because I'm I'm super interested in licensing. I actually recently moved into licensing space with my talent agency, Studio Talent Collective. So, you know, it's where studio owners are talent managers um, under one talent agency umbrella. Um, we launched this year off the back of my course talent manager bootcamp, but I guess you know, it is absolutely a process and it's a commitment. Why did your team go down the licensing path opposed to, say, franchising or perhaps running them all yourself or, you know, because I've seen others do that, run over 100 sites on their own and, and all of that, which, you know, is a lot, but why the licensing path? I think the licensing came about because it was a part of the studio that we would technically be uh influencing and impacting not their entire business so you know what they do beyond the preschool um, part of their um, department is really um, obviously all our studios align with our um, values and our ethos and all of that but it's just that they can then you know do whatever kind of branding after that and you know so the licensing model worked for that um, yeah that's curriculum-based. Yes, yeah, so there's no ready, set, dance studio. It's no. all programs within people Correct. who independently have Yes, and some studios, um, you know, they're a pre premium provider, will do all three programs, but some can only do the one, you know, and they um, in Australia and New Zealand have a trade area that they can trade and market in. In America, it is slightly different um, because we've moved into a subscription model over there. So that is slightly, um, but still catered just for their preschooler um, curriculum. So they too can call their classes Ready, Set, Dance, um, just like here, but it's um, slightly different in how the delivery of the product is because of the global, I guess, um, expansion and the need to protect the IP as well, we did go into um, that subscription streaming model. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, I guess that's such a journey this year for you guys going international. Tell me about that experience. How's that, how's that going? Because you're in now the not just Australia, New Zealand, but correct me if I'm wrong, UK, Canada and the US. That is correct. We are in the, um, we interestingly have many, most of our studios in the tri-state part of um, the USA and we have some studios in Canada. We have one in Scotland, a couple in the Ooh. UK and we also have one in uh, Chile, which is really, That's really, so cool. really adorable. Yes, we have, um, we stepped into that global market in the expos in America. So that's where we started and we went to Dance Teachers Web and Dance Life as well. One was in Connecticut, one was in Vegas. And we spent a lot of time um, prior to that just um, testing uh, the product as well. So we wanted to make sure that what we were delivering in, in that market was exactly what they needed as well from us. So we tested the accent, we tested um you know, a lot of our songs with a, um, I'm going to call it a um, 
a test market and like a pilot program like almost. a pilot it was a little pilot for a cup yeah for a yeah. couple of um studios so we were able to then really be prepared when we did step into those expos and you know studio owners all around the world just have the same needs and they have the same problems. And mm. we are so excited that we um, were able to, you know, meet so many of those incredible studio owners and and their teachers and they're just absolutely loving the program. They really are um, just like us here in Australia. You know, yeah. they, want, they want more enrolments. They want to have a structured curriculum. They want to provide something that's fun and fresh where, you know, the, um, it's kind of all done for them if that's what they need and, um, you know, have their teachers trained. So it's really, it was really cool to, um, a, meet all these amazing people, but also understand that what we have can really impact other studio owners as well. It sounds like you're an expert in the brand loyalty space here. It really does. Like, you know, you'd need to be to, to firstly build a studio with 800 plus um, students and then build a brand with over 400 studio owners that are licensing your product. Tell me, what's the, the secret or the advice you can give to those listening about how to build that, that brand loyalty? Like, what is the secret source? like to say having an incredible team um having i think i think it's not just one thing i think it's a couple of things i think it's i think it's having an obligation mm. to make an impact firstly then it's having the people who want to impact as well and are aligned with everything that you're doing um and are super, super talented as well in different areas that you're perhaps not as as good. I I, I want to say that I know everything, but I, I don't, you know, and so I need advisors. I need an incredible team that are actually more skilled than me in certain areas. I need, um, you know, to have people who have my back, you know, and um, we feel like at Ready, Set, Dance, we have that with out a doubt um you know it really comes down to that you know number one word though obligation mm. really mm. understanding that yeah and that obligation is not a dirty word it, it just it means you know having a higher purpose higher purpose that's correct you know yeah. what how what you know why 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 are you doing what you're doing what is your biggest reason and it can for it can be family I'm doing this you know for my my child as well I'm you know um I'm doing it to impact other children I'm doing it to help studio owners like and I think when you really um get a kick out of what it is that you do why you, what you do then you know you've got something kind of cool and then just having the right people you know along the way with you yeah. What about people that say they can't afford to hire? So there's always studio owners that will say, I can't afford yeah. to hire. And I love that you said that you surround yourself with people that know more than you do in certain areas because mm -hmm. you do need to, absolutely you can extend yourself and challenge yourself, but then you do need to understand your capacity, don't you, in certain areas. For mm -hmm. me, Facebook ads, I can't, I don't want to do them. I tried, I dabbled, I got nothing back. As yeah. soon as I hired a digital marketing expert to run my ads, we got so many leads and traction. You just got to know your capacity. Same with customer experience manager. 
I used to take all of the inquiries myself and now I have a customer experience manager that does all of that for me. Obviously, not everyone starts there though. Mm-hmm. So so what about investing in team? How how relevant is that to everyone? Is that possible for everyone? I think it is. Sometimes you'll have you have to weigh up your um, you know, your your cash flow to be able to do it. Sometimes you have to invest in order to invest in people in in order to get to that next stage. So, um, you know, I I would do that. I would always invest in people um, so that I can then go to the next level. I don't believe that you can be a one-man band and do it all without breaking. So um, I think it's really key that you do prioritise that and you might not be able to afford it, so you might need to invest in it is probably how I would approach that. I once heard a a mentor say... um what was it something like you can't not afford hiring someone as in mm-hmm. um and i and that actually rings true i mean you know a few years back when i was doing all of the inquiries because i was so run off the feet my feet teaching all the classes doing all the things which i don't do anymore but at the time um i could it could take me up to a week to get back to all of the inquiries mm-hmm. and by that stage you've lost them you've lost them and so by investing in just a part-time customer experience manager mm-hmm my business doubled just from that, just from having someone caring about the customer. You know, within 24 hours, I had a response every single time. Voicemails weren't left unanswered, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I truly I truly back that statement as well that, you know, you do need to have a little bit of an investment and sometimes it can even be a trial investment. Why don't we try this for a couple of months and see how it feels, see if we can manage that, you know. Yeah, and 100%. And it doesn't always work out. But if you give it the opportunity to, you know, to try, it, it most of the time, if you've put your, you know, aligned everything that you want that person to be doing um, and them understanding your values, your culture, your brand, then I believe that, um, you know, it can it can work. Yeah, and having a strategy in place, right? Not yes, saying, cool, we're right. going to hire someone. Now what are we going to do? It's very Um, So it sounds like you're very busy. You've got a lot of things going on there. Um, how have you found juggling everything? Like how do you manage it all from, you know, ma- how do you manage life and business? What's what's your key ingredient to that, do you think? I think it's well, you don't manage it all. <laughs> I know. I think I, I think I'm getting better at managing it. I think I was very terrible at this at the very early stages of um running at you know being an entrepreneur. I think it was definitely very business, business, business. Then, you know, I got married and had a family and um I have a 12-year-old daughter, and it's really, really important that um I am part of her life. So I do um do my best to balance uh, family family life and I call it um I'd like to call it a work blend so it's um I take the moments to celebrate um small wins as well as big wins so anything that happens throughout my day I want to say I want to spend some time to think about all the stuff I did do great yeah. <laughs> and then, um also yeah, blending my work life with my family life. So I think sometimes people get, you know, into that 
you know, that, that, that kind of mindset that work is bad. So you can't, you know, sometimes bring it home, but I think it can be if it's not, if you kind of maybe dedicate half an hour to whatever it is that you're doing at home and then you put it away and you put it to bed and then you do focus on your family. But then if you need to come back to it, you don't feel guilty that you're coming back to it as well. You know, so um, I have created some kind of, you know, certain boundaries as well where I try not to um, answer some certain things or emails on Sundays. So I think that's kind of, you know, helped me balance that as well. But, um, yeah, I think of work blend and family life um, and celebrating even the tiniest wins because you can have a pretty big or bad day, but there's always something, you know, that is that happened or that you achieved or, um, you know, as simple as a butterfly kiss from my daughter is a win, you know. Yeah. So you just got to acknowledge even just the tiniest ones. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So tell me, Belinda, who or what inspires you? I think um, who inspires me? My daughter inspires me, if you haven't already heard. <laughs> uh, she is my, she is an incredible human being and I feel like as a parent sometimes you know I judge myself a lot um in you know how I'm like if if I'm even doing it right right however um I'd like to say that I feel blessed to be her mum and she inspires me and I honestly feel like sometimes she's my teacher so um (laughs) equally my parents as immigrant um, parents to coming from Portugal with the mentality of having to um, sacrifice a lot to work um, in this country to make something, you know, for their family. Mm-hmm. They inspired me a lot as um, young, um, yeah, young entrepreneurs too, My both my parents were. So I learned a lot from watching them. I learned a lot from their sacrifices and I learned to, um, I learned a lot about resilience from my mum and dad. So I think um, they are a lot of my um, foundation as an entrepreneur today, so... Yeah, that's beautiful. And definitely that resilience when you when you have that experience, like my parents are from, you know, overseas as well, and, and that resilience of being those entrepreneurs when they come here to Australia and all of that sort of thing. I, I find yes, really well, cool. business owners and you yeah, to see how they started, what they started with and what they, um, you know, ended up being able to give my sister and I, you know, with our education and um, our just our wonderful life it's really quite incredible I mean we do live in the most incredible country as well for those opportunities to be able to be given to you know um, them at the time but um, yeah they really were incredible yeah that's beautiful (laughs) so what's next what's next for Belinda well um I have so many ideas. <laughs> As we all do, right? It's bit, yeah, it's a bit um it's a bit scary, but what's next? Lots of songwriting. I'm creating um some cool stuff that I can't really tell you right now yeah, yeah. about, but 
it has to do obviously with Ready Set Dance. I am the Chief Creative Officer, so I do um, I do love that part of my job in in the creating world of um, more music, more um, more things. Uh, in regards to um, globally, we are going back to America in February, in June, and July. We've got lots planned in that um, in that realm as well. So there's lots of traveling in my future, Joe. Yes, <laughs> I like it. I like it. Now, if people want to find out more about you or your business, where should they go? They should definitely start with uh, ReadySet.Dance. There is no .com or .dance. I was about to say, readyset.dance. Okay, that, got is, it. that is it, readyset.dance. So cool. um, very, very passionate about that. So go and check it out. Um, you can also check me out on LinkedIn, Belinda Agostino, and on um, Instagram as well. I have the same right. name everywhere. So Belinda Agostino, and you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Okay, cool. And we'll pop some links in the show notes for everyone listening as well. Well, thank you so much for today, Belinda. Um, I've loved having you on the show. It's been absolutely fabulous. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really have enjoyed our chat. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, bye for now. Bye. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Don't forget that the doors to Talent Manager Bootcamp are opening soon and you do not want to miss that announcement. So if you're ready to level up your studio and go from studio owner to talent manager, then this one is for you. Jump on the waitlist today. That's josephinelanecuba.com forward slash TMB or find the link in the show notes. Hope to see you there.